When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we are we're back to football. Um, I think since we're getting back to football after a, a much needed bye week, Saturday was incredible. Saturday was really incredible because I really like watching college football, and as crazy as it sounds, like when you cover college football, you don't actually get to watch any college football. Because all day, it's, I mean, what what, what time's the game this week? One thirty. So I'll be up in Boulder at like 9. I'll be doing whatever before the game. And then you go to the game, and then that ends at 5. And then you start interviews at 5.30 or so. And then you get to drive back down to Boulder around 6, or back to Denver around 6.30. And then post-game show, and then write something, and write something else. And then all of a sudden, you have no idea what happened in any college football game all day, except for there'll be like rumors going around, like like you'll be sitting there and during a timeout, somebody will be like, "Hey, you hear that Iowa just whatever, whatever," and you're like, "Oh, there's just a little tiny piece of information." But the point is, to have a Saturday just to sit at home and eat McDonald's and watch football all day was incredible, especially especially with the games that were going on on Saturday. All of them were the best. I I uh, shout out DraftKings Sportsbook. I got. Texas A&M at 12 to 1 odds to win that game against Alabama and they did. And so that was a pretty cool night for me. Um it was like a I think I lost a little bit of money outside of that, but not much. It was by like one or two units maybe. And so to bring in 12 units there, it's like all of a sudden a 10 unit day. Ah, uh, just incredible. Um but yeah, bye week was nice. 
And, you know, looking through Instagram, it looks like a bunch of the team went home, um, had a chance to take their mind off of things. And I honestly don't think the coaches had much of a chance to do that. They were out recruiting at the end of last week. Uh, maybe they found a way to get a day off at some point. Um, and I know, like, you hear that and say, like, well, look at how bad this team is. They don't need a day off. But there is real value in just spending some time thinking about something else and then getting back into it because you can get so caught up in just the the bad vibes, really. Um, that I do hope that there was a chance for some of the, the coaches to take their mind off of things a little bit too. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, while the bye week was nice, we are back at it. And... Let's see. What's the plan for today? You know, Carl Durrell did have a press conference today. Spoke for, I think, like nine minutes or something. Really not all that much to say. Um, honestly, like, we've talked about why that is. Because the, the questions are kind of the same and the answers are the same. And so there really isn't anything to take away. Um, we'll, we'll touch on what exactly went down with that to start things off. But then just kind of... Uh, Get our bearings straight. You know, get ready for, for what is it, another seven weeks of CU football. Um, and, you know, you look through the schedule and there are some wins out there. Um, Got to play better than they've played. But I think three and four is reasonable. I don't think I'm picking the Buffs to win a game until we see the offense actually take just a small step forward. Um, cause we'll talk about it. They did play some tough teams. I think a lot of what went wrong was self-inflicted, which means that it doesn't matter too much who you play, but one and four at this point, if somebody said before the season, that's where the bus would be, we'd all be disappointed, but you'd also say, you know what? Texas A&M. Yeah. It's a team that should beat Colorado, USC, Arizona state. Those are the two best teams. At least we, we thought in the PAC 12 South. Um, Minnesota, that's a tough test. And that's kind of the swing game when it comes to winning that second game, when you look through those first five games. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get our bearings straight, get uh, kind of some, some early prep done on Arizona. And that's the plan for today. Um, and, and I'm excited. Next couple days, I think I'm, tomorrow I'm talking with Nigel Bethel and uh, Jack Lamb. Um, some questions for those guys for sure. We'll get some of that audio on the podcast. I'm going to get up to Boulder for basketball practice at some point. Um, not tomorrow, but, but maybe, I mean, probably Wednesday, but then also maybe Thursday or Friday. We'll see. Um, and then obviously game day on Saturday. Um, we will be doing a crossover show with the uh, PHNX, basically the, the Arizona version of DNVR that just launched a few weeks ago um, because they are sending a couple of their Arizona representatives up here for this game. And the, we'll see what they have to say. Um, that time has not been figured out yet, but that'll be Friday at some point, and it should be a lot of fun. Um, I think McChesney's podcast this week is going to be on Thursday. And I don't know, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's just me. And I guess if we're going to go through like in depth what Arizona does, strengths and weaknesses, I'm going to have to find some time to go back and watch them. I did obviously get to watch them play on Saturday. That was a great game um, against UCLA. 
Um, but yeah. So there we go. That's the plan for the week. And let's just start with what Carl Durrell had to say. So the the big news, obviously, Carson Lee. We, we, we kind of ran through the whole situation on the last podcast. Go back and check that out if you haven't yet. Um, but the brief recap, uh, charged with assault. He was arrested last weekend, like eight days ago, nine days ago now. Um, and, uh, you know... Any arrest isn't going to look pretty, but, you know, the, the, the police report, that sort of stuff, it, it paints a pretty ugly picture. Um, him, I mean, allegedly beating up and punching, according to the victim, 30 times, sent him to the hospital with a fractured uh, skull. The details are in that last podcast. But, yeah, so... All that came out at the end of the week. Carl had his only media availability on Monday last week. And so this is the first we've heard from him since that news broke. And he said that at this point, Carson is still on the team, but he isn't really doing anything because he's focused on the the legal things going on. And they're going to let that whole process play out and see what the evidence is and what the court decides and all that kind of stuff. And then they'll kind of go from there. And I, I don't, they said felony man's, or no, sorry, felony, felony assault was the charge, but that can mean first degree or second degree. Either one of those, if he's just found guilty, there's there's likely a, a pretty significant amount of jail time or prison time. Um, and so odds are he would no longer be with the team. Um, but Carl did say that that process is going to kind of run its course and kind of figure itself out, and then they'll make any decisions they have to make once they have all the facts, which I think is the right way to handle it. I'll say that. Um, you know, you, you don't, there's no cost to keeping him technically on the team right now. Um, because it's, he's not really going to be around, um, is my understanding. Um, I, some people might say it's like a bad look because he is charged with that, but yeah, you've also, I mean, it's a, it's a balance, you know, he's, he's your teammate and I don't know. It's a innocent until proven guilty is the way the courts work. And honestly, like I, I don't know. We don't need to get into my whole thoughts on innocent until proven guilty. There are a lot of times though where you have to remember that that applies to the court. You know, that's the legal system that is the way that works is innocent until proven guilty. In terms of like the football program, like, they do not have that responsibility. Similar, like, you have the free speech discussion. We don't need to get down all those roads. But, I don't know, I saw some people upset with that decision. I think that's just kind of a continuation of the frustration that is boiling over for all sorts of other reasons. Um, you know, like I said, it was a pretty short press conference. There really aren't that many questions to ask at this point. Um because there's nothing new. You know, you've lost three straight games by 22 points or more. So after the first one, you know, you say, hey, this doesn't look good. I mean, what what went wrong? What is the issue? 
You know, the offensive line they've started was the problem. At this point, we all know what all the problems are. And even if we didn't know, we've asked Carl for three weeks what the problems are. And so asking again, there, you know, there just isn't much going on. Um, you know, the, the only real questions are like, are there any changes? And the answer is basically no. In terms of structural things, no real changes. Um, asked specifically about the play calling, he said there will be no changes to, to the play calling. He did say that some of the responsibilities will be shifted to other coaches when it comes to game planning. And I don't know exactly what that will look like. Um, but it, it, it's, it's something, right? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's moving toward that direction. It was a step that I guess I didn't really, I had never considered. You know, it seems like you either change the play caller or you don't. Um, but that's not halfway in between, but it's a 10% move in that direction. Um, so, yeah. And, again, people are upset that he isn't changing the, the play caller. He's he's not taking those responsibilities away from Darren Cheverini. I get it, and I agree. I think that that would be the right move. Um, but, again, it's you're still five weeks into the season, you know, and I think that, that to change your play caller three or four weeks in is probably too short of a leash. You know, you, you got to give them a chance to see what the personnel is, um, to see what the strengths and weaknesses are. At this point, the weaknesses look like they're the quarterback absolutely is a weakness. The offensive line is absolutely a weakness. The running backs are not the strength that we had probably all expected them to be. And uh, then kind of the tight ends and the receivers, you just can't really evaluate them because they haven't had much of a chance to do anything. So those first couple of weeks, you know, you don't really learn anything against Northern Colorado. Um, then you have Texas A&M. And you don't really learn anything there because that's the best defense you're going to play all year. And you lost by three points, so you're not really complaining. And then against Minnesota is when things really blow up. Um, because up until that point, there's at least some doubt. You know, you can, you can look at what's happened and say, okay, yeah, the offense is underperformed, but you're within three points of the number five team in the country. So it's not time to press the panic button, but then you go and lose 30 to zero. That is time to press the panic button. And, you know, that's not really Carl Durrell's MO. Um, and you go from there to the same thing kind of happening against Arizona state. Now USC, I did think that this point you probably do pass play calling responsibilities off to Danny Langsdorf. Um, or maybe Carl takes them for himself, but but I would be a little bit more surprised by that. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the way it works is people are going to be really, really, really mad at Carl if Colorado continues to lose. If they start winning, then the tides will turn a little bit. 
and it's kind of on him to do what he thinks gives Colorado the best chance of winning, you know? And, and I don't think just because it seems like to us that the problem is Darren Cheverini's play calling, um, that that's necessarily what the problem actually is. Because again, at the end of the day, those guys do all have more information than us. They're in all the meetings. They know the relationships. They know how things are going in, in practice and, what's not working from there to the game and figuring those things out. Um, again, I still think that you, you've you got to change that play-calling situation somehow. Um, but, you know, it's, it's Carl's show, and he's going to succeed or he's going to fail, and that's just the way it works. And if they win this week against Arizona, I mean – it's not like that's the biggest win. To me, Arizona is the worst team in Power 5 football, worse than Vanderbilt, and worse than Kansas, I guess. Who else is even down there at the bottom? I mean, <laughs> Colorado at this point, but it, it's at least a step in the right direction. And then the Cal game is where you can say, okay, this is a real football team. Um, so there's some thoughts there. But getting back to, to the press conference, what else did he have to say? Um, again, there, there isn't much he can say, right? Like practice has been going well. It was a good practice today. Nobody wants to hear that, but it's kind of the only, the only update that we have since last week when we talked to him. Um, oh, the, the one big detail, I guess the, the tackles. Uh, so Max Ray, he was in concussion protocol, uh, he is, according to Carl, I think he said he, he thinks that he's going to be back in practice tomorrow, like in pads, all that. Uh, so that's good news, obviously. Um, and f- uh, he didn't expand all that much, I don't think, on Frank Phillip knocking the rust off. But that offensive line is is really, really, really struggling. Um, and, you know, it's just tough because it seems like at this point there's this three-headed monster of problems on the offensive side of the ball and you can argue about what order to put them in um, but quarterback play calling offensive line I it's really tough to put them in order because you know what if you give Brendan Lewis a good offensive line what does he look like I mean he's not he's not going to be all conference but is he at least not the worst in in the Pac-12 are you at least averaging 150 passing yards a game because I mean, there's there's obviously the sacks that come out of having a bad offensive line, but there's also the fact that you have a young quarterback who's sitting there thinking he's about to get hit at all times. And just being in that mindset is probably much more impactful than, than the sacks that are given up. Um, I don't think it's enough to make a huge difference um, just based on what we've seen. But you do have that at play. You know, obviously the play calling, obviously what Brendan is, the way he's struggling himself. There's those three big problems. And when you combine those three together, I mean, that's what it takes to, to struggle in this way, right? I mean, to to lose by 22 plus, to put up, what was it? Uh, USC, they, they had like 13 points, something like that. Um, which is the most in a couple weeks. You, there's got to be a lot of problems, and there are three really, really big problems. Um, but yeah, 
Max Ray coming back, that'd be good. Not necessarily because he's been all that impressive when he's been on the field. Honestly, none of those linemen have. Kari Cooch. Kari. So here's the thing. The the media guide says Cooch, or at least it did last year. I haven't double-checked this year. But he said Cooch um, in, like, the introductions. So we're going Cooch now. Kari Cooch. Um, he's actually been solid, but there's four other guys out there. Um... Anything else from Darrell? Doesn't look like it. Uh, we can move along. Um, actually, before we, we just kind of talk a little bit more about this week and the standards and all those fun things that we get to talk about this season, um, let's take a quick break. And first of all, let me say that if you are an Avalanche fan who is a member of dmvr you should definitely check in the discord the avalanche channel there's some really cool stuff going on on saturday and tickets are almost gone so make sure you get in on that quick really cool stuff um so there's that uh one of the many perks of being a member of dmvr are some cool opportunities like the one on saturday uh that i wish i could give the details of but it's actually super secret and you can't even figure out what's going on without it but without being a member um, but there's a bunch of other stuff. You can read what I've been writing. Um, what, what do I have on the way? Oh, I'm wrapping up a thing on Ty Robinson and Chase Penry. Um, there's a film room on Nate from Jake, um, that, that was, I came out on Friday, I think. Um, then obviously a bunch of pregame stuff this week. Who else? Oh, I said, like I said, uh, Nigel Bethel and Jack Lamb talking to them tomorrow. Obviously write about that. Um, I want to I want to talk with Eli Parquet at some point this week, just because I mean it's been a couple of years since I've talked to him because of the pandemic. Um, just catch up with him, see what life is like, and all that. Um, but yeah, so there's what's going on there. Uh, plus, we do have a tailgate before this game. I'm not sure what time it's going to be, but there will be a tailgate before the Arizona game. I'll be up there drinking beers given to us by Breckenridge Brewery, another one of our great partners. Uh, they've got seltzers. They've got beers. It's all incredible stuff. And if you if you want, you can. there's actually like a 15-can sampler, so you can check out a bunch of different things. They have samplers for the seltzers too. That's the move. I feel like especially if you haven't tried stuff in Breckenridge before, just load up on a bunch of different options and then figure out what you like and go from there. You really can't go wrong. I, I'm a big seltzer guy, just lighter than beer. Plus, I don't know. I, I don't mind beer. I used to, but I still just prefer seltzers. Um, whatever it is that you like, though, the Strawberry Sky is incredible. The, the seltzers are all incredible. Lemonade seltzers are good. You can use the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. It'll tell you exactly where to go to pick that up, whatever it is you want to try. Also... DraftKings Sportsbook. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. Plus, if you're already a DraftKings customer, you can get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. 
Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR and bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code DMVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, um, we are jumping into this week. So, again, we don't need to get into the details of Arizona yet. There's plenty of time over the course of the next couple of days. But, like I said, just get our bearings straight after that bye week and try to set some goals, really, for this team. Um, and like I mentioned before, you know, yeah, one in four is always going to suck. And I think especially, I think this year there was hope um, that this team could be a Pac-12 title contender. I, I at least have bought into that. I didn't necessarily think they'd do it, but you saw how they'd have a chance. They have a really good defense. Um, they, they have uh, the reigning offensive player of the year in the Pac-12, and that alone should be enough for you to say, like, okay, this team at least has a shot. Um, and then there's other factors, too. You know, returning four or five guys on the offensive line, having Brady Russell, Brendan Rice, Dimitri Stanley. Um, and there was excitement about Brendan Lewis, too. At this point, you know, we know about this offensive line. We know the running backs haven't been able to produce at the same rate they did last year. And we don't need to dig into how much of that is their fault, how much is the offensive line's. It could be 100% the offensive line's fault. It could be half the offensive line. I'm not really sure, but... That's not really a conversation now. Obviously, Brennan Lewis is disappointed. Um, a lot of things have really disappointed. But again, like I said, one and four at this point, it's not like we thought it was out of the realm of possibility. I think that a lot of people said that probably two and three was the most likely place to be at this point um, because you beat Northern Colorado and you beat one of... Uh, Minnesota, Arizona State, and USC, with it being like a 10% chance of USC, uh, 50 to 60% chance of being Minnesota, and whatever's left over for Arizona, one in three about. Um, obviously, those numbers change too after seeing like what USC is this year. But again, one in four was maybe not the most likely, but not all that far off from it. And while that doesn't make it feel any better, it is just worth remembering, okay, here we are, bye week is behind us, and maybe there's some changes. You know, bye weeks can be important. We talk about the importance of the bye week all the time. It's one of the first things you look at when you get the new schedule for the season, and you hope. I guess this year I kind of like having the earlier bye week just because it was such a tough early season schedule. Um if you're a veteran team, you want might want it later on in the season. But there's a reason people care about that. And I think it's easy right now just to say, okay, who cares? Is it really going to get fixed in the bye week? Honestly, probably not. There were so many problems with what was happening that, again, I don't think that many of them are unfixable this season. I just think there's so many that fixing them all is really tough. And the good news is they had two weeks to work on it. 
Um, and I, di- I didn't mention this because it kind of goes without saying, but Carl said that's what they did. They went, they tried to address a bunch of those problems, met with all the different position groups, met with everybody, and said, here's what we need to do better. Um, and hopefully it worked. And hopefully it worked. And again, going into a game against Arizona, it doesn't need to work perfectly. You know, I think that if you go out there and play like you played in the last few games, this is probably a pretty competitive game. I'm not sure you win it, but it's probably a pretty competitive game. Um, And that's because Arizona, like I've said, just not good. I mean, they're they're 0-5 at this point with losses to... I don't know why my computer is loading slow. Probably because I have so many tabs open. Haven't closed the rest of these podcasts. All that stuff. But, um... There we go. Let's just read through these results. And there's an ad. All right. Lose 24 to to 16 against BYU. Lose 38 to 14 against San Diego State. Lose 21 to 19 against Northern Arizona. A bad Big Sky Conference team. That's FCS football. Um, lose forty-one to nineteen to Oregon. Thirty-four to sixteen against UCLA. A game that was actually pretty close. But you know the the one thing that they did is they they benched their quarterback Gunner Cruz. They they put in um, oh, what is his name uh, Jordan McLeod, who looked really good and he was a fast mobile quarterback. But he's done for the year after a hit that he took against UCLA, and that was kind of the turning point there, um, although things were kind of slipping before that. This is this is a team that is every bit as down in the dumps as Colorado, probably even more so as hard, even more so as hard as that would be to believe for Buffs fans right now. Um, it's It's a big week. Because if you don't get it done against Arizona, <laughs> I mean, you just can't not get it done against Arizona. Um, and and this kind of is where the, the schedule lightens up for Colorado because it isn't just this Arizona game. Next week, they go to play at Cal. Um and Cal has struggled this season. That's another team that's toward the bottom of the Pac-12. Now, again, the way that Colorado's been playing, I don't think that they're going to beat Cal. That would be unreasonable. I think that this Arizona game is going to be competitive, which is something that I couldn't believe even a week or two ago. Um, But you're only a step away from beating Arizona pretty handily, and if you make that step, you are you are right there with Cal um and from there you know you play at Oregon that is a loss and there's really no if ands or buts about it um unless Drew Carter is the second coming of somebody you're you're screwed against Oregon um Oregon State though winnable UCLA I mean you've got to improve every week between now and then because that is a, a that's a that's a real college football team, a solid college football team. I think that they're probably a little bit overrated, but they're obviously on a different tier than Colorado is right now. And Washington, hey, my Montana Grizzlies beat Washington earlier, so we'll see. 
Um, is Colorado playing for a Pac-12 title this year? No, it is not. Is Colorado playing for a bowl appearance this year? Technically, but I think that expecting uh, a team, you know, what what is competing for a, a bowl mean? And you look through, say you do beat Arizona, you do beat Cal, you do lose to Oregon. Um, that's best case scenario through that three game stretch. And then you, uh, what, that'd be five losses, so you can lose two more? How, wait, how is this math working? You've got one win. And you've got Arizona. So that would be two wins. Cal would be three. So then you've got to beat Oregon State to get to four. And then you've got to win two of three against UCLA, Washington, Utah. You know what? In, until you beat Cal, I'm we're not talking bowl game here. Um, this is a season where you're just trying to grow with a young team. And does that mean you're wasting a really good defense? Yes, it does. Um, who you lose next year on that defense? Obviously, Nate Lamon is, is the big piece. Um, Mustafa Johnson, who... I don't know. We we haven't even seen much of, so it feels weird to mention him as a loss. But you do lose him. You lose Terrence Lang. Um, you lose. Oh wow! Who else? Naeem should probably be around. Um, Carson Wells, I bet, is still around. Um, those other outside linebackers, I bet, are around. I think Robert Barnes is gone. Um, but again, he hasn't been. I, I don't want to – I feel like we can't even read too much into this defense at this point just because they've been put in such bad situations. Um, and Robert Barnes, as it turns out, is a role player. And what's that role? That that role is cover linebacker. And you see him on the field when you play uh, a USC. Honestly, you should probably see him quite a bit. Um, a, a UCLA, you should see him quite a bit. Against an Oregon, a Cal, probably not so much just because they're going to go heavier. Um, who else do you lose from the back end? Is Isaiah Lewis? I think you still could have him for another year. Um, and some of these guys are going to be gone and honestly probably kind of pushed out um, just because there's scholarship rules and all that. But Isaiah Lewis, yeah, Isaiah Lewis technically could come back. So you, you keep a lot of this defense you just miss a couple of pieces um and you expect growth and you need linebackers to step up and you hope jack lamb does that and you you know you hope quinn perry and marvin ham and john van deese is still around you know yeah you're wasting what i think is still one of the best defenses in the pac-12 but what are you going to do at this point you know the, the job now is just to continue to build and grow and See if you can get as much of this offense ready to go for 2022 as you can. Um, and that means developing Brendan Lewis. And that means building an offensive line that can produce something. That means getting some, honestly, producing for these running backs, getting production from these receivers um, so that you don't have to worry so much about transfers. Because um, you will lose a piece or two. I'm sure after a season like this and who knows it could be even more um, but the, the more you can kind of correct things down the stretch the better your chances are so that's what it's about to me um, is you know it seems like 
Darren Cheverini, this is kind of a, a tryout for him. He needs to really, really turn things around to keep his job. Um, the odds are very much stacked against him. And honestly, if I think, uh, like I said, I, I, I do did kind of think that there was going to be a change during the bye week. Um, at the very least, taking away play calling responsibilities, and I thought there was a, a chance that they would just make him not the offensive coordinator anymore. Um, but obviously for him, you know, Brendan Lewis needs to take big steps in order to have a chance to really compete for this job again next year. Um, and if he doesn't take big steps, he probably won't be a part of the competition. I don't know who is. I guess JT Shroud is back. Owen McCown, Drew Carter, um, and also you probably add a guy from the transfer portal, but you just got to build something. You got you to gotta build something, and that's what this second half of the season is about. Um, it's not nearly as much fun as competing for a Pac-12 title or bowl games or whatever, but it is what it is at this point, and we'll see what they can do. Um, yeah, honestly, those are kind of the thoughts there, but that's that's where I'm at, and it's too bad because I did think that with this defense, with the talent that they have on offense – there's more there, but if if I mean the the only play that you can run that doesn't need a, a, perf- a good performance from the offensive line or from the quarterback is a jet sweep. Just just get the ball to a receiver who's just flying toward the edge of the defense, and even then you need a block on the edge. Then they don't call those, and so I don't know. It's a it's a tough time. It's a tough time, and. There's reason to be hopeful for this week against Arizona. That reason is that Arizona, like I said, is to me the worst Power 5 team in America. If Colorado loses to them, that's pretty obvious what that makes Colorado. Um, But yeah, that's a task at hand. And it's honestly kind of a fair fight, which is something that the Buffs just haven't seen in a while. Which is... It's a shame. But... It is what it is at this point. There's no fixing it immediately. So, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, basically all my thoughts heading into this week. That's how I'm looking at things. Like I said, I'll be up in Boulder. I'll hear what Nigel Bethel and Jack Lamb, hopefully, have to say about these things. I might have been denied on one of those. Who knows? Um, but we'll see. And it's a big week. It's a chance to get a win. And it's been a while since Colorado's had one of those. Uh, we'll be talking some hoops and stuff, too, because that's fun and exciting. Uh, but that's going to do it for today, and I will see you guys tomorrow.